This is an audio version of a printed document, Literature Review, Transitions to Adulthood for Disabled Young People, report by the Diffley Partnership, prepared for the Scottish Government, January 2023. For full navigation, please refer to Track 2, Contents. Scottish Government Forward Scottish Ministers have committed to delivering a National Transition to Adulthood strategy during this parliamentary term, quote, to support disabled young people as they make the transition to adult life and provide them and those who look after them with joined-up guidance and support to unlock better educational and employment opportunities and health outcomes, end quote. This was announced in A Fairer, Greener Scotland 2021-2022 Programme for Government, published on 7th September 2021. There is already good evidence that transitions and the planning for disabled young people who require support going into adulthood could be improved. There is also recognition and endorsement by many stakeholders that the Getting It Right for Every Child GIRFEC approach and the principles of good transitions produced by the Association for Real Change ARC Scotland can guide and support professionals in all sectors involved in providing transition support for young people. The Scottish Government, however, wanted to develop a more comprehensive picture of what a good transitional experience from school to adulthood would look like for all disabled children and young people to help inform future stakeholder engagement and to support the development of a national transitions to adulthood strategy. In February 2022, the Diffley Partnership were awarded a short-term social research contract by the Scottish Government to undertake a literature review of Scottish, UK and international evidence on the main challenges and experiences faced by young disabled people during their transition to adulthood. The research also included a review of evidence of best practice when supporting people on this journey. The specific scope of this project was to deliver a literature review of transitions to adult life with a particular focus on what disabled children and young people have said to date, gaps in evidence analysis, and topic guides to assist further engagement. The Scottish Government wishes to thank Nicholas Heslop, Mark Diffley, Chris Cregan and Dawn Griesbach from the Diffley Partnership for the research they have undertaken which has culminated in this report. These findings will now form part of the evidence base for the development of Scotland's first National Transitions to Adulthood Strategy. Track 2 Contents This document has been split into the following tracks. Track 1 Title and Scottish Government Forward Track 2 Contents Track 3 Summary of Findings Track 4 Glossary and Clarifications 
Track 5, Introduction. Track 6, Methodology. Track 7, Common Experiences in Transitions. Track 8, Best Practice in Transitions. Track 9, Institutional and Life Course Transitions. Track 10, Healthcare. Track 11, Social Care. Track 12, Integration. Track 13, Education. Track 14, Employment. Track 15, Independent Living. Track 16, Personal Relationships. Track 17, Conclusions. Track 18, Gap Analysis. And Track 19, References. Track 3, Summary of Findings. This literature review outlines the findings of a review of Scottish, UK and international evidence on disabled young people's experiences of the transition to adulthood and best practice within this field. This period can be an exciting and hopeful time, but is also often stressful and difficult. Common challenges faced by individuals and their families include stress and uncertainty for the young person, difficulties transferring from child to adult services, changes in eligibility for services and support arrangements, a sharp drop in support, inadequate transition planning and a lack of clear information with regards to the transitions process, inadequate account being taken of young people's views, needs and aspirations, stress and difficulties faced by family members relating to the transition process. On the basis of research conducted with young people in Scotland and beyond, stakeholders' outputs and a number of academic reviews, there is consistent evidence that positive transitions are characterised by early and sustained transition planning, holistic and coordinated wraparound support, services delivered in partnership, designated key workers as a coordinating point of contact and continuity, person-centred support and preparation, family involvement in planning and decision-making, parental and familial support throughout the transition, the provision of clear and accessible information, adequate services, resources and staffing. Institutional transitions, i.e. from child to adult health and social care services, raised particular challenges, both personal and logistical. It can be taxing for young people to leave familiar and trusted environments and practitioners, with an established understanding of their personal, clinical and communication needs for often inferior and disjointed adult services. This landscape can be difficult to navigate and established services and arrangements may be imperiled by this change with support typically falling during this time. Within institutional transitions, advanced planning with young people and their families again occupies a central place in transition smoothing. 
This in turn relies on clear inter- and intra-agency communication and coordination, with a key worker ensuring continuity and coordination from the perspective of disabled young people. Trust and positive relationships are also central to effective transitions, so introductory sessions and consistency of staffing are essential. There is some evidence that the integration of health and social care could help to lessen the challenges associated with transitioning, though this will likely require concerted planning. Disabled young people's educational, professional and personal outcomes also appear to lag behind those of their non-disabled counterparts. When leaving secondary education, it can be distressing to leave behind friends and teachers, and many disabled young people report a limited range of options and a common loss of support as they move on to more independent forms of learning and or living. Disabled young people often report that they do not feel adequately consulted on their aspirations, with some placed into college courses of limited interest or value to them, and others anxious about their employment opportunities and prospects. Disabled young people and stakeholders have voiced concern at their below-average employment outcomes. There are seen to be limited options and routes into paid employment, as well as evidence of limited progression. Low societal and employer expectations can constrain people's opportunities, and there are limited tailored training opportunities. Targeted vocational training, along with work experience and supported employment, are seen as effective routes into employment within the literature, though there is evidence of limited and inconsistent opportunities in Scotland. The transition to adulthood is closely associated with greater independence, though there are a number of obstacles to achieving this. There appears to be inadequate support for young people to manage their own disability slash condition or conditions and to live independently. Housing is also often poorly planned and young people may struggle to secure their own home. There is a broad consensus that best practice includes effective life skills training and guidance relating to self-management, housing and financial management. Finally, disabled young people often lack confidence with regards to social situations and personal relationships, are disproportionately likely to suffer from social isolation, and report that they lack opportunities to be active members of their community. In line with best practice, transition support and planning should support young people's psychosocial development to establish healthy adult relationships. It has been observed, however, that young people in Scotland lack such opportunities and that there is little attention paid within research and practice to romantic and sexual relationships. Broadly, there is a high degree of consistency within the literature on effective practice. However, there is a correspondingly high level of duplication, with limited evidence and knowledge on a more granular practice and detail. Track 4. Glossary and Clarifications 
In this section, we briefly define certain key terms that recur throughout the review. However, it should be noted that these and other terms are used across the evidence base in different ways and with competing definitions. Therefore, our definitions are intended to be general and broad, and they may not conform to how individual authors cited use the same terms. We have, for the most part, designed our own broad and flexible definitions, rather than employed fixed or given ones. They should therefore be interpreted as a helpful steer, rather than a rigid definition. Transitions the term transition to adulthood is defined by the Association for Real Change, ARC Scotland, as referring to, quote, the period when young people, aged 14 to 25, develop from children to young adults. This is not a single event, such as leaving school, but a growing up process that unfolds over several years and involves significant emotional, physical, intellectual and physiological changes. During this period, young people progressively assume greater autonomy in many different areas of their lives and are required to adjust to different experiences, expectations, processes, places and routines. Transitions also impact on the family or on those who care for the child or young person. End quote. Disabled young people we refer to disabled young people throughout this report with a focus on people between adolescence and early adulthood. ARC Scotland defines this as between the ages of 14 to 25, which we adhere to as much as possible, though other sources may set different parameters or not specify these. We note that different authors and sources will have competing definitions of disability and exercise varying levels of discretion and or selectivity in their language use and inclusion in their research. We have broadly considered studies that refer to people with disabilities of various kinds, including developmental, physical, learning and sensory, as well as certain studies on young people with additional support needs, where it has been judged that these are suitable. Additional support needs are defined by Education Scotland and the Scottish Government as, quote, requiring support that is additional to, or different from, that received by children or young people of the same age, to ensure they benefit from education, whether early learning, school, or preparation for life after school. Additional support needs can be both long and short term, or can simply refer to the help a child or young person needs in getting through a difficult period. Additional support needs can be due to disability or health, learning environment, family circumstances, and or social and emotional factors. End quote. Institutional transitions. Within this review, these refer to transitions from child to adult services within specific clinical, healthcare, and social care settings. Life course transitions. 
For the purposes of this review, life course transitions refer to the changes that occur as a result of a young person attaining a new life stage. This might be a result of reaching a specific age, e.g. leaving school, or due to the young person choosing to change their circumstances, e.g. choosing to pursue independent living. Independent living. This refers to the process by which a young disabled person takes on greater responsibilities and self-sufficiency, including in managing their own clinical care, i.e. self-management, and or living alone. Independent living does not refer to complete self-sufficiency or living alone, but rather the extent to which Quote, independent living is possible through the combination of various environmental and individual factors that allow disabled people to have control over their own lives. End quote. Active citizenship. This term is occasionally referred to in the literature, but without any clear or consistent definition provided. We consider that the term is likely to refer to a young person's involvement in their local community, both geographical and communities of interest. Track 5. Introduction this literature review summarises and synthesises the most consistent and pertinent findings with regards to disabled young people's experiences of the transition to adulthood and the existing evidence on best practice in supporting young people through this process. We begin by outlining common experiences of transitions to adulthood in general. These include the stress that this process can entail for young people and their families, the often inadequate planning that goes into this, and the paucity of accessible information and guidance on navigating this difficult journey. We then turn our attention to common elements of good practice with regards to transitions in general. These are grouped around a series of guiding principles, including early, sustained and wraparound planning, in concert with the young person in question, their family and carers, and all relevant practitioners. There is a high degree of consistency within the literature, regardless of source or sector, in support of these key guiding principles, but more mixed evidence on their practical application in Scotland and the wider UK. We then turn our attention to specific transitions and provide greater detail on these. These include institutional transitions from child to adult services within health and social care and life course transitions relating to education, employment, independent living and personal relationships. For each one in turn, we again outline common experiences and challenges faced by disabled young people and identify examples of effective practice. We conclude by reflecting briefly on these findings, as well as the amount and quality of the evidence pertaining to each facet, and outline a gap analysis and areas for future research and engagement with disabled young people. Track 6 Methodology 
a review of the existing evidence on transitions to adulthood was conducted, with a particular focus on what young people, their families and carers, in Scotland and beyond, had said about this process and the aspects of best practice identified within the literature. Searches were conducted to identify relevant sources, including outputs from relevant stakeholders operating in the fields of disabilities and transitions in Scotland and the wider United Kingdom, research conducted with young people on their experiences and expressed needs and preferences, academic sources with a focus on literature reviews, systematic reviews and meta-reviews. Most sources related to disabled young people, though where appropriate and relevant, sources were also consulted relating to young people with additional support needs and or chronic conditions where it was established slash deemed that the findings were generalisable to transitions more broadly. Within the existing literature, there are a range of competing definitions and classifications, and in various instances, no definition at all, so we have exercised discretion in selecting relevant sources. These sources were consulted, and, where relevant, notes on their findings were taken and data points recorded. These were subsequently subjected to a thematic analysis with thematic codes applied. These broadly related to recurring, overarching principles identified in transitions and transition planning and to specific transitions within given sectors or fields where further sub-themes emerged. On this basis, a comprehensive literature review was produced outlining the key findings of previous research in this field, common experiences and best practice with regards to transitions, both in general and with regards to specific sectors or settings. The review concludes with some reflections on the relative amount, depth and quality of this information and how it varies between sectors slash themes. On this basis, a gap analysis was conducted, identifying areas where evidence and knowledge is more sparse or inconsistent. Track 7. Common Experiences in Transitions this section outlines common experiences relating to transitions in general. Later sections of the review will explore experiences relating to more specific, institutional and life course transitions, e.g. within healthcare or education. The term transition to adulthood is defined by ARC Scotland as referring to, quote, the period when young people develop from children to young adults. This is not a single event, such as leaving school, but a growing up process that unfolds over several years and involves significant emotional, physical, intellectual and physiological changes. During this period, young people progressively assume greater autonomy in many different areas of their lives and are required to adjust to different experiences, expectations, processes, places and routines. 
Transitions also impact on the family or on those who care for the child or young person. End quote. Transitions to adulthood can be a rewarding and exciting time for disabled young people as they seek to gain independence and many disabled young people in Scotland express optimism and excitement about this time in their lives. However, it is established within the literature that transitions to adulthood and adult services can be extremely challenging and stressful. A number of shortcomings in the service and policy landscape in Scotland and the UK have been identified over time and these are outlined throughout this review. Experiences of transitions to adulthood have been variously described by those with experience of the process as terrifying, a black hole and a scary void. While the literature suggests that there are generally positive experiences of children's services, especially but not exclusively with regards to child health and social care, there is a consensus that experiences of the transition to adulthood are decidedly more negative. There is a high degree of consistency to the findings within the literature, whether domestic or international, on young people's experiences of transitions. Common challenges faced by young people, both in Scotland and beyond, include general stress and uncertainty for the young person, difficulties transferring from child to adult services, changes in eligibility for services and support arrangements, a sharp drop in support, inadequate transition planning and a lack of clear information with regards to the transitions process, inadequate account being taken of young people's views, needs and aspirations, stress and difficulties faced by family members relating to the transition process. Moving from children's to adult services in general. According to the literature, a key challenge within the transition to adulthood relates to the move from child to adult services, as this process is often disjointed and poorly coordinated. The move to new adult services can prove challenging on various fronts. It can be stressful and emotionally difficult to leave behind familiar and trusted practitioners who have an established rapport with the young person and their family and an in-depth knowledge of their condition or conditions, medical needs and clinical preferences. Many young people and carers struggle with concerns that new service providers may not fully understand their needs and it can prove frustrating and distressing for young people to repeatedly have to explain their circumstances to new people. This applies in particular to clinical settings, but similar experiences are reported with regards to education and other sectors. Young people and their families can find adult services difficult to navigate, as they are often delivered in a more disjointed fashion where paediatric health and social care services tend to operate in a more joined-up manner, adult services tend to involve individual specialisms operating more autonomously and often located on different sites. 
Adult services in general also tend to assume a greater level of autonomy with a greater onus placed on the service user to arrange and manage their support. It is also common for disabled young people to engage with multiple services to meet all their distinct needs. However, during their transition to adult services, poor inter- and intra-agency communication, coordination and collaboration have been highlighted in the evidence from Scotland, the UK and beyond. In Scotland, this has been observed not only by disabled young people, but also by practitioners who have reported that a lack of joined-up working is the largest impediment to supporting smooth transitions. It can thus often fall to the young person in question or their family to attempt to coordinate disjointed services and supports. Given the complexity of the health and social care service landscape, and the absence of clear, accessible information and advice, this can result in considerable stress for young people and their families. Differences in culture can compound these challenges. Adult services tend to treat service users as more autonomous and thus expect a much greater degree of self-sufficiency than young people and their families may be accustomed to. If parents slash carers are not adequately involved in discussions and decision-making about the transition process, this can result in stress for young people and their families. Young people's eligibility for services and supports may change when they move into adult services, even when this is neither necessary nor desired. This is particularly common in social care, where eligibility can shift considerably. Hard-won arrangements that suit the young person and their family may have to be renegotiated when moving to new services. Eligibility criteria often vary between child and adult services and or between local areas, which can lead to a sudden cessation of support, especially with regard to day services and respite services. Adult social care in particular may be limited to only the most critical cases. Inadequate planning and information In a recent review of the Scottish transitions landscape, the Fraser of Allender Institute reflected that quote, transitions do not need to be difficult if they are well planned and well managed. However, the evidence suggests that this is rarely the case. End quote. While thorough, early and sustained transition planning is widely accepted as best practice, there is evidence that this is routinely not achieved in practice in Scotland. In a survey of parents and carers of disabled young people carried out by ARC Scotland, three quarters of respondents reported that their child had no formal written plan to support their transition. A recent Scottish Parliament consultation on transitions also heard that transition planning for disabled young people in Scotland lacks a consistent, coherent approach. Some studies and commentators have suggested that clear accountability for transition planning and preparation is lacking. This responsibility often falls between child and adult services. 
In the absence of a designated professional, this responsibility can fall variously to children's services, educational establishments and the young person's parents. A lack of clear accountability for transition planning can mean that nobody takes the necessary action to ensure that transitions take place in a coordinated way. Poor planning and preparation can have various adverse consequences. It can result in young people being placed into inappropriate settings, including young people receiving support and treatment alongside much older and sicker individuals. It can constrain opportunities with regards to education and employment if the necessary prerequisites are not achieved in advance and it can lead to inadequate resourcing of services. Difficulties can also arise when transition plans are not referred to or updated over time, rendering them obsolete. Some commentators in Scotland have pointed out that transition planning is often treated by practitioners as a single event rather than a process. However, transitions are rarely simple and linear, and the benefits of flexibility, tasters, and trialling different approaches and services have been noted in the evidence. Transition plans inevitably need to be updated to remain relevant and targeted as a young person's needs, expectations, and aspirations change. Young people can find it difficult to maintain their plan by themselves, and support to do so is not always forthcoming from practitioners slash professionals. Indeed, young people in Scotland report that planning sessions are often not ultimately used for these purposes. When it is carried out, there is evidence that transition planning routinely lags behind established best practice. Disabled young people and researchers frequently report that only a narrow range of options are presented to them, at times in an apparent and or perceived effort to keep them supervised slash occupied, rather than to provide stimulating or valuable opportunities. This can, for instance, see young people placed into educational courses that are of little value or interest to them. There is some evidence that practitioners and professionals can underestimate the abilities, assets and aspirations of young people and that they may consequently not achieve their full potential. There is further evidence that young people's voices are routinely not taken into consideration within transition planning. Some have reported that they are routinely not asked even fundamental questions relating to their interests, hobbies or aspirations. This can result in frustration, disengagement and apathy and is evidently incompatible with person-centred, strength-based planning. A further issue is one of inadequate information, advice and guidance to navigate the complex transitions landscape. Young people and their families are routinely left unprepared as to how their support services and treatments are likely to change. A survey of parents carried out by ARC Scotland reported that a quarter of parents of disabled children 
said that a lack of support and information had been the most difficult thing about their child's transition from school. It has been suggested that there is broad support from young people and their families for the various policies and initiatives relating to transitions to adulthood, but their sheer number can prove overwhelming and there is no clear or accessible guide for navigating these. Parental and Familial Challenges Transitions to adulthood and adult services are difficult not only for disabled young people themselves, but also for their families. This process can put enormous emotional strain on parents who worry about their child and often, of necessity, take on considerable work in addition to their other parental and professional commitments. While there is limited research exploring the relationship between poverty and engagement with traditional support interventions for young disabled people, it has been noted that those with limited resources face challenges with transitions. The literature suggests that the transition to adulthood can be a hopeful and exciting time for parents, though it is also common for them to worry about their child, particularly their social transition, educational and professional opportunities, and potential isolation. Parents can find the process emotionally taxing due to concerns for their child's well-being, opportunities and outcomes. Leaving behind familiar practitioners and services can be stressful for parents, especially if they fear that adult services lack a clear understanding of their child's condition or conditions and needs. They may experience a tension between wanting to protect their child and wanting to promote independence. There is, however, also some evidence that overly protective parents can hinder effective transitions or constrain opportunities. The transition process can also have serious adverse impacts on parents themselves. In the absence of clear accountability on the part of service providers, parents often become charged with the role of managing and coordinating diverse and disjointed services. This can lead to overload and burnout. This can prove especially stressful when arrangements resulting from negotiation and experimentation over many years are imperiled or brought to a halt by the transition to adult services. Parents who have secured a balance of appropriate supports of mutual benefit to themselves and their child can find themselves back at square one. These challenges can be compounded by the loss of care, support and respite services that leaving paediatric services and or school often entails. There is evidence that some parents may feel pressured to leave work to care for their child, thus resulting in significant adverse financial impacts on the family. Finally, despite the importance of involving parents in transition planning, parents, like young people themselves, can find themselves excluded from transition planning discussions and decision-making, which can be emotionally distressing. Track 8. Best Practice in Transitions there is a broad consensus across the literature in support of certain guiding principles within transitions and transition planning. 
These are discussed in relation to all sectors and are sometimes formalised as guiding principles, as in the principles of good transitions, or referred to more generally as good practice. There is a high degree of commonality in the principles, with a large number of evidence reviews and meta-reviews drawing broadly consistent conclusions about the enablers of good transitions which have been identified. These include early and sustained transition planning, holistic and coordinated wraparound support, services delivered in partnership, designated key workers as a coordinating point of contact and continuity, person-centred support and preparation, family involvement in planning and decision-making, parental and familial support throughout the transition, a provision of clear and accessible information, adequate services, resources and staffing. However, the counterpoint to this consistency is a degree of duplication within the evidence base. Much of the established consensus and evidence on best practice reflects broad and at times imprecise concepts rather than specific examples of effective practice. Such examples are outlined in sections below. There is a paucity of rigorously evaluated empirical best practice with guiding principles instead based in large part on endorsements or validation by practitioners within different sectors and or by disabled young people. This seems to be, at least in part, due to wide variations in the structure and delivery of interventions and the multiplicity of multiple outcome indicators, which makes comparative evaluation difficult. This section will outline the main findings relating to good practice in supporting transitions and transition planning, delineating the key factors, noted gaps or challenges in Scotland, and any details of best practice. Findings relating to best practice or challenges within specific sectors, such as healthcare, education or personal development, are outlined in later sections. Transition planning. A large body of research, both UK and international, has found that preparing a young disabled person for the transition process can significantly improve outcomes in a range of domains. The creation of a formal transition plan enables advanced planning and coordination of the transition process and provides information to young people and their families about what they can expect from this process. Transition planning thus has evident benefits for both young people in terms of improving transitions and outcomes and reducing uncertainty slash anxiety and for service delivery, increasing efficiency and ensuring effective planning and resourcing. A meta-summary of qualitative and quantitative research on best practice stressed the importance of quote, presenting transition as a normal event, clarifying and discussing the young person's expectations about the process, and planning with them the specific steps involved in transition, end quote. 
This approach has been validated by young people themselves. In a recent survey, disabled young people in Scotland who had gone through or were going through a transition to adult services reflected on the importance of knowing what is coming and what to expect. This transition plan should set out clearly the services that young people will need and how the activities of these various agencies and practitioners will be coordinated. The plan should also outline a route map to the young person's desired aspirations, specifying and linking them to the services that will help them to make these aspirations a reality. The evidence strongly indicates that a young person should have a unified transition plan that encompasses and coordinates the various different supports and services that they are likely to engage with. However, in practice, many young people in Scotland lack a formal and or single transition plan. It has been observed by stakeholders that professionals will tend to make different plans relating to their specialism for different but often overlapping aspects of the young person's life. This can force parents and young people to repeatedly explain their circumstances, can lead to miscommunication and or can duplicate work across public agencies. Effective coordination of services is therefore important not only to ensure a positive experience of transition for young disabled people and their families, but also efficient service delivery. Transition planning should aim to smooth the transition from child to adult services, largely but not exclusively in institutional transitions. Where relevant, for instance by scheduling visits to adult services and introductions to new practitioners with a view to fostering positive relationships early on. The evidence indicates that a gradual introduction and integration into adulthood and adult services specifically helps to provide reassurance and stability to young people and is preferable to rushed or abrupt transitions. For this reason, as noted above, there is a strong consensus across the existing evidence base in support of early and sustained transition planning, both domestically and from an international perspective. However, there is some evidence that this is often not the case in practice in Scotland. The literature indicates that late transitions, i.e. delayed introductions to adult services, are associated with poor outcomes in terms of achieving independence. Specifically, there is evidence that late transition planning can constrain future opportunities, e.g. educational opportunities, though there is not conclusive agreement on what early or late mean. See below. In contrast, the National Institute for Health and Care Excellence NICE Transitions Guidelines points out that early transition planning is associated with improved life chances. However, the timing and framing of a transition plan is important. It has been found that a premature transition can be associated with an increased risk of psychological issues and the Scottish Transitions Forum report that their work with young people 
parents and carers, has found a common perception that early planning can imply that a transition is imminent, which in turn causes stress. Therefore, the purposes and gradual nature of early transition planning should be clearly communicated. There is some disagreement in the literature, albeit within relatively consistent parameters, about the optimal age at which to begin the transition planning process. Some academic research has suggested that healthcare transition planning should begin in the early teens, while other researchers slash commentators have suggested that age 14 is optimal. The latter conforms with the view of ARC Scotland, who argue in their Principles of Good Transitions that, quote, planning should start early, aged 14, and continue up to age 25, end quote. With regards to transitions themselves, there is a broad consensus in the international and or academic literature that mid-teens to early 20s is the optimal time to transition from paediatric to adult services. Others, however, have countered that age itself is too arbitrary a basis and that the young person's maturity, self-efficacy and developmental stage should determine this. In any case, the evidence suggests that transition planning should not be a one-off event as it often is in practice. Rather, it should be an ongoing process in which plans are refreshed and updated, at least yearly according to the Social Care Institute for Excellence, particularly as successful transitions may require experimentation to arrive at the optimal range of supports. The evidence on best practice supports the development of transition passports or profiles as practical tools supporting a transition plan. The purpose of these passports is to provide a short and accessible summary of the young person's history, preferences and needs. This provides all relevant practitioners with the necessary information to provide high-quality services and establish positive relationships, and it saves the young person from having to repeatedly explain their circumstances and history. Passports might include information relating to the communication needs and preferences of the young person, their medical history and self-management experiences, their preferences with regards to parental involvement, their clinical needs and preferences, their strengths, interests and aspirations. Young people themselves have noted that formalised documents, such as a passport, can be helpful, albeit on the condition that it is valued, used, read and updated by practitioners. While the literature suggests that there is consensus among young people, practitioners and researchers in support of transition planning, there is nevertheless some evidence that even in cases where healthcare transition planning was carried out, a degree of stress and anxiety were recorded and therefore may be somewhat inevitable. Holistic support Typically, disabled young people will come into contact with multiple practitioners and services from health, education, social care and others. 
wraparound support and effective coordination and planning between these services are therefore critical, and especially so for young people with multiple or complex needs. The importance of holistic supports arises consistently in a number of reviews and meta-reviews of the existing evidence. Disabled young people in Scotland were themselves found to take a holistic view of their aspirations and needs, but often disjointed services tended to operate along more service-specific metrics and goals. In addition to health and social care, an effective transition will adopt a life course approach that seeks to support and plan for the young person to pursue educational, professional and other opportunities. Within health and social care, it is commonplace for paediatric services to adopt a more holistic approach and perspective whereas adult services may operate in a more siloed manner. Even within these fields, adult services may be fragmented, so wraparound support and planning are necessary. However, in addition to these services, a consistent thread in the literature highlights the importance of personal development in any effective transition support. This should include supporting disabled young people to self-manage their condition, facilitating independent living and providing support with regards to personal relationships. Partnership Working from the perspective of services, an officious and holistic approach to transition support and planning is widely seen to require effective partnership working between relevant services, agencies and practitioners. This is associated within the literature on children's services with improved outcomes for young people and there is evidence from Scotland that young people and their families credit this type of approach with improved outcomes. Effective partnerships are seen to bring together individuals and their families with statutory, private and third sector services to ensure that all the young person's needs are addressed in an integrated fashion. The value of multi-agency working is widely noted in the academic literature and a report by the Scottish Government argued that, quote, Partners who plan in a joined-up way are more likely to ensure that young people can access the support they need to make effective transitions. This means having an effective multi-agency approach and the involvement of universal services with clearly defined responsibilities. End quote. Effective partnership working appears especially important within health and social care, given the challenges associated with transitions within and between these and the established landscape of disjointed services. The international literature also suggests that joint planning between adult and paediatric services and primary care can improve the transfer of young people from one to the other. The evidence suggests that third sector organisations and advocacy services are especially important in smoothing transitions between paediatric and adult services. The third sector was associated among professionals and practitioners with, quote, extraordinary creativity, 
end quote, and was seen to flexibly fill gaps in service provision, especially with regards to life course transitions and personal development. The third sector has been described as having specific strengths and positive working practices slash styles, including person-centred communication, effective partnership working and specific knowledge slash expertise. However, there are a number of barriers to partnership working identified within the UK and international literature. Some commentators have lauded Scotland's positive efforts and progress with regards to improving partnership working, although a number of cultural, financial and organisational barriers are seen to persist. Barriers consistently identified in the literature can stimmy partnership formation and working include different working cultures and practices between sectors such as health, education and social care, resource constraints, poor interagency and interpersonal relationships and inadequate information sharing. Performance metrics often do not align between services, further complicating issues. By contrast, the evidence indicates that the enablers of effective partnership working include leadership and shared values, financial rather than simply structural integration, community-based bottom-up partnership formation and service delivery, good communication between professionals and services, interagency and interpersonal trust, opportunities for shared learning, information and practice sharing and co-location, effective information sharing and the use of appropriate outcome metrics rather than service inputs and outputs, a focus on disabled young people and their needs. Knowledge sharing occupies a central role in partnership formation and working, though poor interagency communication and poor data sharing have been seen to undermine partnership working. Workshops allowed for the exchange of knowledge and practice between service providers, allowing for and facilitating multi-agency working. One example from Scotland, the Scottish Transitions Forum, was reported to provide peer learning and mentoring opportunities for practitioners to share good practice across professional disciplines. This may include effective interventions and knowledge of the relevant service landscape and policy context that might impact on transitions. As noted above, a passport containing important information relating to health, care and communication needs, as well as the young person's circumstances and aspirations, can facilitate information sharing between practitioners and help to build efficient and person-centred services. The use of a passport allows for seamless referrals and helps to foster positive relationships, while at the same time avoiding the frustration for the young person and their family of having to repeat their story to multiple practitioners. However, maintenance and use of the passport in practice was not always realistic or forthcoming. Key Workers 
there is broad support within the existing evidence base for a key worker model that provides continuity and coordination during this complex and often stressful process. This spans clinical guidelines and meta-reviews of the existing evidence, as well as young people and stakeholders' endorsements. This approach is seen to have various benefits. The key worker model provides young people and their families with a single point of contact, improving the navigatability of services and reducing stress on the families. It supports the coordination of services and provides accountability for transition planning. It is seen as good value for money and it has been associated with improved outcomes. Young people and their families in Scotland have associated the key worker model with improved outcomes in both qualitative and quantitative research. In a survey of parents and carers in Scotland, 20% of respondents identified a key worker as the single biggest enabler of a smooth transition. The key worker model provides young people and their families with a designated professional to answer their questions and coordinate transition planning. There is evidence from stakeholders that key workers can provide much needed emotional support and build positive rapport and trust with young people, which is in turn associated with improved outcomes in transitions. This model also facilitates accountability. It has been argued that, in the absence of a designated professional, parents routinely end up taking responsibility for transition management and may have to give up work to do so, prompting considerable familial stress. Alternatively, the responsibility may fall on schools or children's services with little regard to what happens when the young person leaves these behind. There is also some evidence that some healthcare practitioners are resistant to devising a plan and some parents and young people reported practical difficulties maintaining it. It has thus been suggested that a lack of clear accountability for transition planning can mean that nobody takes the necessary action, an eventuality that the key worker model can ensure against. For these reasons, both clinical guidance and stakeholder groups have called for the assignation of a designated key worker. There is a broad consensus that young people should have a role in choosing their key worker, though assignation may also involve bodies such as local authorities. Also consistent within the existing evidence is an acknowledgement that the key worker reflects a role rather than a job title and that this professional may be drawn from a range of professional settings. The Social Care Institute for Excellence stipulates, for instance, that, quote, this person should be one of an existing key worker slash transition worker, a health, social care or education practitioner, a GP, a youth worker, an allied health professional or a nurse, end quote. There were mixed findings relating to who young people are most likely to choose as their key worker, but the importance of involving young people in this process was stressed consistently. Person-centred support Person-centred support is a consistent thread through much of the evidence. 
This is advocated by stakeholder groups as well as in a large body of academic research, wider reviews and clinical guidance. Person-centred support is seen as an often imprecise term that is not always applied in practice. According to NICE guidelines, person-centred approaches should treat the young person on an equal footing, supporting them and their families to make decisions about their own support and addressing all relevant aspects of their transition to adulthood. There is evidence that person-centred and or co-produced services are more effective and bring about improved outcomes in a range of settings from healthcare to education and employment, and that they help to secure the most needed and appropriate services. Evidence points to positive outcomes for children who take a more empowered role in their transitions. Relatedly, strengths-based planning, advocated by the National Institute for Health and Care Excellence, should work with young people and draw on their interests, assets and strengths in transition planning. This positive framing is important given previous research findings, both domestic and international, that attitudes and expectations towards transition are partially predictive of transition outcomes. However, it has been noted that person-centred planning may require communication support and or support to develop young people's confidence to engage in complex and often technical decision-making. Research with disabled young people in Scotland supports the importance of person-centred planning and services to a smooth transition. A survey of young people found that 43% identified more person-centred support as the single thing that would be helpful in improving their transition from school, and young people themselves have highlighted the importance of being-slash-feeling listened to in transition planning, especially in their mid-teens. However, despite the evidence supporting the effectiveness and importance of person-centred support, there is also evidence that this ideal is not always achieved. For example, it has been reported that disabled young people and their carers do not have their voices taken into consideration and routinely feel disconnected and or excluded from the planning and delivery of services that affect them. Disabled young people in Scotland also reported that they are routinely not asked even basic questions relating to their interests or aspirations, contrary to the principles of person-centred and strengths-based planning, resulting in them being placed into unsuitable or suboptimal settings. A recent consultation heard from stakeholders that transition planning and support are routinely resource and service-led rather than person-centred. Family involvement Relatedly, there is widespread evidence that family involvement and inclusion are seen as being central to effective transitions and transition planning. Families are hugely important to disabled young people and often their main source of support, especially among young people with learning and developmental disabilities. 
This echoes the findings of a recent survey of disabled young people in Scotland, which found that parents played a larger role than any practitioners in giving advice and guidance. Their active inclusion in discussions, transition planning and decision-making is therefore widely seen as essential and this features in clinical guidance. Families often serve a vital caregiving role during and beyond the transition process and a large proportion of disabled young people continue living with their family until later in life. Families, therefore, have an indispensable role to play in planning and logistics. Reviews of international evidence have also found that parental expectations and familial involvement are significantly associated with transition outcomes, including education, employment and general well-being. There is, however, evidence that parents' expectations of disabled children's post-school opportunities lag behind those of the parents of their non-disabled counterparts. Various academic reviews and meta-reviews have found family involvement to be a common enabler of successful transitions. The Health and Social Care Alliance have therefore called for a family group decision-making model of transition partnership in partnership between young people, their families and service providers. While self-management and independence are seen as important factors in transitions to adulthood for disabled young people, it has been noted that, quote, family members remain important in this process and that such involvement is normal, not dysfunctional, end quote. Nevertheless, excessive parental involvement has been identified in certain sources and reviews as a barrier to smooth transitions. It has the potential to sour relationships with services and practitioners and obstruct transitions to adult services. It is therefore argued that parental and familial involvement should be appropriate and NICE guidelines stipulate that a young person may not want their family to be overly involved in transition planning. Appropriate parental involvement has been defined as meaning quote, that the young person and their parents were happy with how much and the way in which the parents were involved. End quote. Parental and family support. Underpinning much of the above, positive family relationships are seen as key bridging factors in a smooth transition. However, transitions can be a time of considerable stress and anxiety for parents and family members of disabled young people. Previous research has found that transitions are often perceived negatively by parents and can prompt uncertainty and anxiety. Parents frequently report concerns about the capacity of the young person in question to adapt to adulthood, their difficulty navigating often disjointed services, pressures on family well-being and finances, and concerns about the long-term outlook. It often falls to parents to coordinate their child's transition, which can prompt considerable stress as they seek to navigate and negotiate with disjointed services. 
Another common source of stress occurs when young people leave school, as this can often entail a sudden drop or cessation in care they receive. As a result, parents may find themselves under pressure to leave work to provide substitute care, which can in turn prompt serious financial discussions and or concern. For these reasons, parental support is a commonly identified aspect of best practice in transition smoothing and planning. In practical terms, this may entail the provision of respite care to support parents and carers, as well as emotional support, training and stress management, relaxation exercises, supporting them to build self-efficacy and self-esteem. Information provision a widely observed challenge for disabled young people and their families is difficulty navigating the complex landscape of services, funding and policy initiatives with regards to transitions. The issue appears particularly pronounced at the interface between paediatric and adult services. Best practice, therefore, encourages the sharing of clear, accessible and timely information with young people and their families. A review of this context in Scotland reflected that, quote, it is difficult for families and sometimes professionals to map a clear path through the raft of policy initiatives in this area and to understand how these join up. The lack of a concise policy guide setting out service providers' responsibilities and young people's rights is a barrier to smooth transition, end quote. While the research found a broad consensus that individual transition policy initiatives were positive and appropriate, it noted that disabled young people planners and practitioners often struggle to understand how these relate to one another. Support for existing initiatives tended to be framed in very general terms, often relating to agreed guiding principles. Research with disabled young people and their parents found that they routinely lack appropriate and accessible information, with a quarter of parents and carers identifying a lack of support and information as the most difficult thing about transitioning, and 26% said that clearer explanations of their options and supported opportunities would make the single biggest difference. In general, young people in Scotland have reported a lack of information about leaving school, complex bureaucratic processes including educational applications and exams, and a shortage of work opportunities and guidance. Disabled young people in Scotland are appreciative of clear information relating to their transition, Though the information needed varied somewhat with age, the need for information in general was greatest among 18 to 20 year olds and often referred to practical information about life going forward. Respondents aged 14 to 17 focused largely on information relating to life skills and leaving school, while respondents aged 21 to 25 prioritised information about their rights and opportunities. 
the transition process is a long one, incorporating institutional, life course and personal changes, and the relative needs and priorities of these change accordingly. Others have suggested that information should move from being generalist slash broad to more technical slash specific over the course of the young person's transition. In addition to causing anxiety and stress, the inadequate provision of information can cause young people and their families to be slash feel excluded from informed and effective decision making with regards to their transition to adulthood. In line with best practice, there are calls for improved information and transparency with regards to local services and pathways, including both statutory and voluntary sector services, to assist people to navigate an often complex landscape, including through effective signposting. This may be a responsibility of a designated transition worker or key worker. The exact extent of this may, however, vary between disabled young people depending on their needs. In some cases, this may refer to intensive one-to-one -one guidance, while signposting or information packs may suffice for others. Asset mapping, developed in partnership between practitioners, local and national government and wider statutory services, has been shown to be effective at improving transparency and awareness of services available at a local level. Local transitions fairs can also provide a forum for practitioners and third sector organisations to showcase and share information on the supports available to young people and their families slash carers. The evidence underlines the importance of such information using consistent, common and accessible language to simplify services to young people and their families slash carers. It has been noted that certain terms, e.g. key worker and or co-production, used in transitions practice can have unclear, multiple and or competing meanings. Best practice guidance states that any information must conform to the communication needs and developmental stage of the young person in question, including provision in accessible formats where necessary. Adequate services, resources and staffing. There is substantial evidence that services for disabled young adults during their transition from paediatric to adult services are not always appropriate, sufficient or available. The transition to adult services can often result in changes to service eligibility up to and including complete loss of service provision, particularly common in social care but not exclusively. There is also evidence of inconsistencies in the application of eligibility criteria between areas and between children's services compared to adult services. A survey of young people found that the availability of support was the most important factor in their transition, but respondents also cited a lack of support in general and support to enter work and or gain experience of work more specifically. 
a report by the Scottish Government highlighted difficulties faced by adults with learning disabilities and complex needs, finding evidence of a lack of specialist local services and urging advanced planning to ensure that adequate services and resources are available ahead of time. Stakeholders and young people themselves report that the already difficult transition can be exacerbated by, quote, organisational processes taking priority over individual needs, end quote. In order to deliver these high-quality services, resourcing is seen as essential. Stakeholders have similarly argued that, to achieve the best outcomes for young people, it is good practice to separate the assessment process from budget considerations. Nevertheless, some stakeholders have suggested that transitions and associated supports are often resource-led rather than person-centred. There is also evidence that inadequate resourcing can undermine partnership working and it has been suggested that recent cuts to local authority funding mean that only those with more substantial slash critical needs are eligible for much needed support. Recent research has shown that services in certain local authority areas in Scotland are already operating at full capacity or face funding constraints, ultimately limiting the provision that is available in practice to young people and their families. The Health and Social Care Alliance, for instance, has called for improved resourcing of services beyond the age of 17, including respite services for parents and carers. The central importance of highly trained and skilled staff is widely recognised. Positive relationships and maintaining interpersonal trust are identified across the literature as a further enabler of positive transitions. Youth-friendly care is similarly seen to depend largely on appropriate staffing, with staff attitudes, communication and medical competency identified as prerequisites for a high-quality service within the literature. Knowledgeable, sensitive and approachable staff were validated by young people themselves and are associated with improved outcomes and services. Accessing knowledgeable and relevant staff with an understanding of complex health conditions has been identified as a further enabler or barrier to successful transitions. There is evidence, however, that practitioners in Scotland do not always have a clear understanding of the needs or abilities of disabled young people and especially those with learning disabilities. For this reason, a number of stakeholders have called for and noted a shortage of training packages and materials for practitioners and professionals to work with, understand and support disabled people and those with complex needs. Robust evaluation and monitoring It has been noted that at present there are inadequate evaluation and monitoring procedures in place in Scotland and the United Kingdom. There is evidence of scepticism from young people, families and practitioners with regards to the effectiveness of existing evaluation processes and it has been suggested that current metrics track 
quote, destinations rather than outcomes, end quote, such as the proportion of disabled young people in employment rather than the, quote, extent to which the young person was being supported into becoming an active citizen, end quote. In the absence of these, it is difficult to identify further best practice or to derive more granular detail beyond what is already known. It has been noted that interventions and outcome metrics are often not standardised across different programmes and that evaluation procedures are not always robust, which can limit opportunities for learning. Track 9. Institutional and Life Course Transitions This section of the literature review will summarise findings related to common experiences and best practice within more specific transitions. This includes institutional transitions, i.e. between paediatric and adult health and social care services, and developmental or life course transitions, i.e. those relating to education and employment as well as independent living, among others. Some of these may echo issues and findings outlined in the previous section, but will provide greater and more specific detail pertaining to the sector in question. Our review reinforces previous findings that much of the existing evidence and literature relates to health-related transitions with much lesser attention to life course transitions. Health and social care are often not clearly delineated in the existing literature. Much of the evidence relates to healthcare specifically, though with an implicit relevance to other clinical settings such as social care. It is, however, not always clear to which institutional-slash-clinical settings authors are referring. Within the literature on life course transitions, there is also a greater focus on employment and education than independent living, personal relationships and active citizenship, where the evidence is more limited. The transition from child and paediatric to adult health and social care services can be fraught and challenging. This issue is not isolated to Scotland and the United Kingdom, but commonly observed across the international literature. The following sections will explore these transitions in greater depth. While they have been thematically separated for the purposes of this report, there is, seen to be, a fair degree of overlap between these. Track 10. Healthcare. Common Experiences. At an emotional and personal level, it can prove difficult for young people and their families to leave behind familiar and trusted practitioners and professionals with a thorough understanding of the young person's clinical and communication needs and preferences. Young people often form a strong rapport and sense of trust with paediatric practitioners and it can prove distressing to leave these behind. A reluctance to do so has been observed among young people as well as their parents and practitioners, though this can hinder a smooth transition. 
It can also be distressing for young people to lose contact with their peers and to suddenly find themselves instead receiving care alongside much older and more infirm patients. A considerable body of literature points to the disorientation that many young people and their families face when attempting to navigate new services. In contrast to children's services, working practices and cultures within adult healthcare services are characterised by more siloed working and an assumption of greater self-efficacy of disabled young people in managing their care. This can present logistical challenges with young people receiving treatment and support at a range of different locations, sometimes situated far from their homes. It has also been widely observed that communication and coordination between child and adult services and between specialisms is often poor. This can make services difficult to navigate, particularly given adult services' tendency to treat young people as independent and autonomous. These procedural and cultural changes can be difficult to adjust to, and having established an understanding of and familiarity with child services over years, it can be disheartening and stressful for young people and their families to lose this knowledge. Relatedly, established arrangements are often the result of concerted effort and experimentation. With the move to adult services and changing eligibility, these hard-won arrangements can be lost. It is common for young people to lose eligibility for certain supports when moving to adult healthcare services, which leaves them with more limited care and support options. While this is an arguably larger and or more common issue within social care, there is evidence that it can also apply to healthcare. Children and young people with complex care needs and their families who experience many transitions over the life course may be especially vulnerable to discontinuity or gaps in care. Planning for healthcare transitions is also often inadequate. In the absence of advanced planning, the transition can come as an unwelcome surprise, though conversely, delays to handover can leave young people and their families in a state of limbo in between child and adult services. There is evidence that transition planning lacks clarity and consistency, and that accountability for it is unclear. Healthcare practitioners were found to resist formal planning and or to deem other services responsible for this. Best practice. It has been argued that best practice can be difficult to identify conclusively, in part given variation in delivery and evaluation, and that findings may not generalise beyond specific fields slash specialisms. However, a number of common elements of effective practice have been identified within the literature with regards to smoothing institutional transitions, including adequate planning, resourcing and coordination. Advanced preparation and planning are a key component of best practice, and it is argued that both child and adult services should be involved in this process, and that it should include both health and social care services at the least. 
positive relationships and maintaining trust are widely seen as important in institutional transitions. For this reason, joint sessions and introductory meetings between child and adult services where needs and preferences can be explained to new practitioners and positive interpersonal relationships formed are beneficial. Joint sessions have been shown to help reduce the chances of disengagement by the young person in question. There is also some evidence that paediatric practitioners can be reluctant to pass young people on to adult services, and also that adult practitioners may be reluctant to take on young people, which introductory sessions and gradual handovers can ease. As part of the planning process, it has been suggested that a key worker and GP should be identified to ensure that young people have a point of contact and continuity throughout their wider transition. The involvement of transition nurses is widely identified as an example of best practice in transition smoothing for young people. For children and young people with complex care needs, for whom a carefully tailored planning strategy is particularly important, it has been suggested that the potential value of a nurse-led service in delivering the transition process should be explored. This role serves to coordinate transitions between services, including through arranging introductory sessions, and provides a consistent point of contact for queries, advice and information. Transition nurses slash workers have been validated by young people themselves as a valuable support within institutional transitions. Coordination may be underpinned by tools such as health passports, which are found to be effective at promoting positive relationships, high-quality clinical care and efficient exchange of data, all of which are appreciated by young people. However, while young people are supportive of health passports in principle, they are not always clear of their purpose and there is some evidence that they are not routinely used in practice. Services and practitioners may also benefit from transitions managers who can oversee transitions from an organisational perspective to ensure smooth functioning and adequate resourcing. There is evidence that consistency of staffing is generally appreciated by young people who respond positively to seeing the same staff at each session. This can save frustrating or demoralising repetition of circumstances. One review, in fact, found that young people valued seeing the same staff at each appointment more than having a key worker. The evidence on best practice also points to a careful balancing act between encouraging independence and self-management tempered with appropriate parental involvement. Medical and clinical self-efficiency is seen as important for successfully navigating the transition process and gaining independence more generally, and excessive parental involvement has been identified by researchers and practitioners as a barrier to smooth transitions. 
However, family involvement in planning and decision-making is also associated within the literature with improved outcomes and indeed one meta-review suggests that parents can act as vital facilitators in transitions. Appropriate parental involvement has been defined as meaning Quote, that the young person and their parents were happy with how much and the way in which the parents were involved. End quote. Providing support and information to parents appears central to their positive involvement. This might include courses and advice on transitions for parents and family members, emotional support, and respite services. The use of age-banded clinics and transition wards recur in the literature on best practice in healthcare transitions. These allow practitioners to develop the necessary skills and knowledge to work with this particular age group, avoids co-locating young people with much older and sicker individuals, and allows them to form relationships and support networks with peers. Track 11. Social Care – Common Experiences A number of the experiences and difficulties commonly faced by young people in social care transitions are consistent with those experienced in healthcare settings. However, overall, there is a relative paucity of information and evidence relating to social care as distinct from and compared to healthcare. These include issues associated with leaving behind familiar faces, both practitioners and other young people, and the difficulties receiving treatment alongside much older people. Another such example is the difficulty navigating more complex and often disjointed adult services, where information provision is often inadequate and where a greater degree of clinical autonomy and self-management is assumed. This can be an especial challenge given the frequency with which eligibility to certain supports can change between child and adult services. While this is also an issue in healthcare, it is an especial challenge in social care. Eligibility for care is often limited, given cuts to funding, to those whose needs are considered critical. Much of day-to-day -day care, in the informal sense of the word, of young people is delivered by schools given their hours of operation. Thus, there is a close and important connection between education and social care when it comes to transitions, whereby young people, leaving school and moving to or ineligible for adult social care, may experience a very sudden drop in or cessation of support. Between the transition to adult social care and leaving school, the support young people receive can fall sharply and young people may rarely come into contact with public services if they are ineligible for local authority social care. Respite care is seen as a particularly inaccessible service for many disabled young people and their families, which can prompt considerable challenges for parents. Similarly, inadequate social care provision and eligibility can have significant implications for the feasibility, sustainability and desirability of independent living. See sections below. 
communication between health and social care services, as well as between different actors and agencies within social care and social work, is often suboptimal. Poor partnership working is seen to stimmy smooth transitions and can be disruptive and disheartening for young people. There was also evidence of shortcomings in social care services, namely that certain key services for disabled people are missing. For instance, a recent consultation heard that there is very limited and inconsistent communication support in social care settings for those with sensory disabilities. Best practice as noted with respect to health care, but also applicable to social care transitions, a number of common elements of effective practice have been identified within a literature with regards to smoothing institutional transitions, including adequate planning, resourcing and coordination. A number of key factors have been identified in ensuring smooth transitions. These include concerted planning, the right supports and systems, highly trained staff with an understanding of social care and adolescent development, multi-agency partnership working, and a focus on individuals and their families. Many of these are redolent of the aspects of best practice identified with regards to healthcare transitions, but are expanded upon below. Scottish Government guidance prescribes such initiatives to smooth transitions, namely advanced planning and the designation of a coordinating lead professional, and it has been suggested elsewhere that this planning should improve young people's understanding of and manage expectations of adult social care services. It has been suggested that transitional services that span child and adult services can help to protect the well-being of young people and reassure them. This is also seen to maintain and protect trust in practitioners and services, which is seen as central to effective transitions. Partnership working is widely stressed in the evidence on best practice and it has been suggested that social care transition planning should include both adult and child services. Interagency communication can, however, often be lacking, including between child and adult services, but especially between health and social care services. Advanced preparation and planning are a key component of best practice and it is argued that both child and adult services should be involved in this process and that it should include both health and social care services at the least. There is some evidence of poor integration both within social care, between child and adult services, and between social care and other services, due in parts to gaps in coordination and budgets. For this reason, the appointment of a lead coordinator, also termed slash analogous to a key worker or transition coordinator, is seen to be an effective step in transition smoothing. Others have stressed the particular value of social workers and social care practitioners in coordination and planning. Improved communication and information provision, as well as positive relationships and maintaining trust, 
are widely seen as important in institutional transitions. This can also promote information exchange between child and adult social care services, which can improve service outcomes for users. However, information exchange is important not only for service providers, but also for young people and their families. Especially given the complicated social care landscape, it has been suggested that clear information provision is effective and helpful for young people and their families. More broadly, the benefits of co-production within social care between disabled young people, providers and wider practitioners slash stakeholders have been identified and stressed within the literature. The Health and Social Care Alliance suggests that, quote, young people have a direct contribution to make to service improvement, end quote, and notes the value of, quote, the expertise and flexibility within the third sector in providing transitional bridges in health and social care services, end quote. The paucity and importance of respite services have been noted across the literature, with a clear recognition within the existing evidence base of the need for support for family members in the form of short breaks. Track 12 Integration while somewhat distinct from transitions, the issue of health and social care integration has evident and important implications for health and social care transitions that we seek to briefly explore and summarise here. Given the complexity and fragmentation of the health and social care landscape, it has been suggested that greater integration of health and social care and of child and adult services could be beneficial to disabled young people during their transitions. Integration at a local level in Scotland has shown promise in simplifying the landscape and improving young people and practitioners' experiences and outcomes, as has joint planning and partnership delivery, though obstacles remain in place. Stakeholders and researchers have also warned that integration is not guaranteed to improve disabled young people's experiences or outcomes if they are not adequately considered as part of the process. Within the literature, a number of barriers and enablers to effective integration have been identified. Impediments include inadequate resourcing poor interagency and interprofessional communication and coordination, IT systems and data sharing. It has also been noted that there is a paucity of practical materials to guide integration. Common enablers of integration identified include keeping the focus of integration clearly on improving experiences for service users and allowing them to shape their journey. Strong leadership to oversee integration. Formulating a shared vision of integration and service delivery. Bottom-up consensus building in lieu of top-down reorganisation. Building trust and understanding between different professional groups and organisations through shared learning, co-location, among others. 
developing data sets that give insights into people's outcomes rather than service inputs and outputs, communicating the purpose, aims and mooted benefits of integration to practitioners and service users in advance pooled budgets, revised organisational and managerial structures and joint planning were also deemed necessary to sustain this. Track 13 – Education – Common Experiences Leaving secondary school is often an exciting and promising time for young disabled people. In a survey of young people in Scotland, half reflected that they felt ready to leave school and over a quarter expressed excitement at taking greater control of their lives. While young people have drive and aspirations, there is evidence that these are not always met in practice. Leaving school can also be a personally and emotionally challenging time for disabled young people. Uncertainty and anxiety about the future are common. These can impact on people's mental health and well-being, and are frequent concerns among parents. It is also common to lose contact with friends and peers, which, in addition to being emotionally challenging, can leave them with more limited support networks. In addition, young people can struggle to leave behind familiar teachers who have often developed a strong understanding of their needs. Some of the biggest concerns and difficulties flagged by young people leaving school relate to the loss of support and routine that this entailed and moving into unfamiliar environments. Leaving school often sees a sharp fall in the provision of support from the high levels provided in schools and especially in additional support schools to a much more hands-off approach at colleges and universities and in the workplace. This was also a common concern among parents. This fall in support is often especially sharp for people with learning and developmental disabilities, especially if they do not qualify for support from social care services. The shift in pedagogical modes from hands-on to much more autonomous learning can also be a challenge for those continuing to college or university. It has been observed that upon leaving school, disabled young people are much less likely to engage regularly with public services and the limited availability of post-school local authority support opportunities has been noted in qualitative research with young people, parents and practitioners. The Fraser of Allender Institute have reflected that many young people feel abandoned upon leaving school and that the cessation in support they receive does not prepare them for adult life. There are also reports that young people feel that schools wash their hands of them once they leave with limited attention to ongoing sustained support. Young people and researchers report that they often lack options, control and involvement with regards to their post-school destinations. A survey of disabled young people in Scotland found that while a majority were happy with the choices available to them when leaving school, 3 in 10 were neither happy nor unhappy and 14% were unhappy in some measure. 
It has also been reported that a failure to take young people's voices and aspirations into account can see them placed into college courses of limited interest or value to them, often centering on life skills rather than vocational qualifications. This gave rise to a perception from some young people that these destinations were designed to keep them busy rather than to equip them with the skills and knowledge for a flourishing life. There were even reports of individuals feeling coerced into undertaking such courses, and there was evidence that parents can play a role in this if they believe that a college environment will provide the best support for their child. Other stressors for young people at leaving school include uncertainty over their job prospects and the administrative challenges associated with leaving school, such as exams, results and applications. Best Practice Much of the best practice associated with leaving school reflects good practice at large, such as concerted advance planning and the promotion of self-efficacy and self-management. Without these, the shift from full-time support and supervision to very limited support can be very challenging. The evidence on best practice within educational settings, however, appears more limited. It should, however, be noted that for the purposes of this review, best practice regarding transitions from school into employment and personal development and relationships are covered in different sections. While good transition planning should take proper account of the young person's aspirations and actively involve parents and teachers, there is evidence that this does not work in practice. For example, parents and teachers may underestimate young people's abilities and post-school opportunities, which can ultimately negatively impact the options available to young people. There is also a clear appetite from young people for more person-centred planning. This was the most common answer when asked what would improve post-school transitions. Schools often take on a key role in transition planning. However, given the need for sustained support beyond school ages, they may be better placed to feed into a transition plan rather than lead on coordination. The evidence points to the importance of extensive and tailored education and training targeted at a specific end goal in securing a successful transition for young people with additional support needs. This in turn will likely require person-centred and strengths-based planning to identify these goals and needs. The importance of both vocational and general education has also been highlighted by academic reviews with regards to a range of professional, educational and other outcomes. Young people may, however, not know what their exact end goal is, and they have therefore emphasised the value of taster sessions, visits to colleges slash universities and work experience. A survey of young people in Scotland found that among 14 to 17-year-olds, information on leaving school was a priority. ARC Scotland have also noted that information provision on post-school opportunities is not always adequate and have called for the publication and diffusion of accessible guides to this end.
Track 14, Employment, Common Experiences. Disabled people's employment outcomes lag behind those of non-disabled people, both in Scotland and elsewhere. A recent Scottish Parliament consultation on transitions saw stakeholders express dissatisfaction at below-average employment rates and young people report feeling excluded from employment and demoralised at a perceived lack of opportunities. It has also been observed that, once in work, young disabled people are disproportionately likely to be working shorter hours. Employers often demonstrate a poor understanding of disabled people's abilities and societal and parental expectations are similarly limited. There is evidence that this is especially pronounced with regards to people with learning and developmental disabilities. This can limit the employment opportunities available to young disabled people as their capabilities are routinely underestimated. To make matters worse, this can also apply within support services, with the consequence that employment opportunities are not planned or provided for. Low expectations contribute to young disabled people finding it difficult to enter the world of work and they are often reliant on third sector organisations to provide experience. However, such opportunities do not always ensure progression prospects. It has also been suggested that young disabled people can often find themselves stuck in a cycle of voluntary work and or work experience. Despite the well-documented importance of targeted and vocational training within the literature, disabled young people are underrepresented in education and training, and stakeholders have observed a paucity of tailored, suitable training materials and packages. Best practice The importance of early planning again surfaced repeatedly with regards to young disabled people's transitions into employment, with the suggestion that it should begin from the age of 14, and that more tailored career planning should begin from 16. As part of this, personalised indicative budgets were seen as a means of clarifying and planning for available and accessible opportunities, especially given the complex service and funding landscapes. There is, however, evidence that information and support to enter work is lacking, with disabled 14- to 17-year-olds in Scotland reporting a shortage of guidance. There is some evidence of low parental expectations of post-school employment opportunities are limited, however, and there is further evidence that these are highly predictive of outcomes. The importance and effectiveness of vocational training and preparation is widely noted in the existing literature, and especially so for people with learning and developmental disabilities. The Fraser of Allender Institute points to the effectiveness of tailored training programmes delivered in partnership between businesses, third sector organisations and or educational establishments. These allow young disabled people to gain skills as well as practical experience. However, stakeholders and young people themselves have reported a shortage of such opportunities in Scotland. 
for young people with complex needs to provide sufficient support for engaging and sustaining them into paid employment, a holistic approach is necessary where multiple stakeholders work collaboratively with them, tackling issues across multiple life domains, including knowledge, skills, attitudes and well-being. There is also evidence that young people can struggle with application and interview processes, and mock interviews have been deemed valuable by young people themselves. Training packages may wish to take these into account. A range of effective possible routes into employment have been identified within the literature, including internships, voluntary work, work experience, especially with local employers, supported apprenticeships and supported employment, blended study at college, self-employment. The Fraser of Allender Institute has noted that employment in the third sector can be an effective first step as the sector can, quote, offer the empathy and flexibility to allow for young people to find their feet and build confidence in the workplace. As noted above, however, it has been noted that people can often struggle to move out of slash beyond this introductory step. A number of meta-reviews stress the effectiveness of supported employment and placements, which are associated with improved professional and personal outcomes. Young people themselves have validated this approach, highlighting the value of work experience. However, a review of the landscape in Scotland suggested that routes into employment for disabled people are geographically inconsistent and that eligibility and referral can be a question of luck. Track 15. Independent Living. Common Experiences. Independent living is central to the transition to adulthood, but can often be fraught with practical obstacles. Independent living does not refer to complete self-sufficiency or living alone, but rather the extent to which, quote, independent living is possible through the combination of various environmental and individual factors that allow disabled people to have control over their own lives, end quote. However, once again there is evidence that many young people struggle to access and coordinate the supports necessary to achieve independent living. Within the literature, independent living is associated with a number of key factors including self-management as well as practical issues of housing, transport and finance. Self-management of the young person's disability and clinical needs is seen as an important aspect of adulthood, both by researchers and young people themselves. Young disabled people closely associated self-management of their diagnosis with gaining and asserting independence. However, it has also been suggested that in the UK, Training and support for self-management is routinely lacking in transitions, services and planning. Some young people may also want their parents to maintain a stake in their decision-making and the support they receive, and overprotective parents may struggle to cede control. 
there is evidence that housing is often an afterthought and that options for disabled young people, especially those with learning slash developmental disabilities, are limited. A large proportion of people with learning disabilities appear to live with family or in residential care. Many have typically ended up in residential care homes alongside much older people with adverse impacts on their well-being and social lives, though there is evidence that housing provision for this group is improving. Stakeholders report that, among those who secure their own housing, the default is often single-tenancy accommodation, depriving young people of the social experiences of communal living enjoyed by their non-disabled peers. This can compound common issues of isolation and limited support networks. A number of common difficulties securing appropriate housing have been identified, including a limited supply of housing, a lack of clear information on housing availability and options, inadequately signposted advice, which is often of a high standard but inadequately incorporated into planning, complicated funding of housing support and difficulties accessing and coordinating support. Best practice. Independence and self-efficacy are seen as important both in their own right and with regards to successful transitions in other domains, including health, education and employment. Gaining independence is widely seen as important to young people both in Scotland and internationally. A number of meta-reviews suggest that independent living requires concerted planning and the provision of life skills training and or community-based instruction. These features were found to be predictive of post-school outcomes relating to general quality of life as well as education and employment. Early planning was again seen as vital to quote, ensure that the patient has the necessary knowledge and skills for autonomous behaviour at the time of transition and after, end quote. Key features of life skills provision and planning for these purposes identified in the literature include self-management of conditions and treatment slash support, housing, transport, finance. It has been suggested that these issues may be especially important for young people with learning and developmental disabilities. Self-management is closely associated with the transition to adulthood and has evident benefits for both individuals in terms of greater self-efficacy and independence and for services in terms of resourcing and cost. The shared management model suggests that as children and young people mature, they should take on developmentally appropriate responsibility for self-management of their condition and clinical needs. The principle of promoting self-management is widely mentioned in the literature on best practice with regards to transitions to adulthood, though it has been suggested that it enjoys only limited attention in both research and practice. 
It has also been suggested that self-management has attracted growing academic attention, but that knowledge gaps persist with regards to the outcomes and mechanisms of supported self-management that are most valued and effective, and with only limited attention paid to people with disabilities. There is evidence that self-management should be built up gradually. Young people have reported struggling to take greater control of their clinical care in tandem with managing other aspects of their transition. Reviews of interventions aimed at supporting self-management suggested that effective programmes are characterised by a range of features, including workshop-based slash face-to-face delivery by trained practitioners, the assignation of homework, and parental involvement in self-management strategies. Typically, these were delivered in multiple sessions over a longer period of time, in most cases at least three months, though there was evidence that shorter, intensive workshops can also be effective. There are mixed findings with regards to parental involvement in self-management, with some suggesting that overprotective parents can in fact be an impediment to self-management and some young people may want their parents to remain involved in their support and decision-making. These programmes were overall associated with improved self-management and or improved health outcomes, though it was noted that the features and delivery of each programme varied too much to firmly identify best practice. It has been observed that, more broadly, Quote, while self-management interventions have the potential to improve health behaviours, sick, there were relatively few rigorously designed studies identified. End quote. With regards to housing, advanced planning is again essential. Disabled young people were seen to value proximity to family, friends and amenities, as well as a safe and secure environment, all of which should be considered in such planning. Independent living and housing may also rely on adequate at-home care slash support and assistive technology, so support and guidance arranging and funding these should be provided. This will likely require highly trained and knowledgeable practitioners being involved in transition planning. Information regarding housing was generally found to be lacking, however, though it has been suggested that high-quality advice is available but not adequately incorporated into transition planning. Calls have been made for a package of information relating to basic housing questions to be made available early in the planning process. This may gradually give way to more practical slash technical information, such as how to apply to be on the local housing register and information about receiving welfare slash housing benefits. For young people with profound learning disabilities, it has been argued that information provision, educational preparation for families and systematic follow-up are all important areas of best practice for effective transitions. In addition to guidance and support to find a house, best practice in preparation for independent living should also equip the young person in question with the necessary financial and housekeeping skills to maintain their home. 
young people have flagged an appetite for greater instruction in life skills, such as cooking, cleaning and personal finance, including related issues around benefits. Track 16. Personal Relationships Common Experiences it has been observed that disabled young people often have below average outcomes with regards to personal relationships and active participation in their community. Social isolation is commonplace among disabled young people and especially so among those with learning disabilities. Disabled young people report that they lack confidence in everyday social situations and that they are not given opportunities to be active members of the community. While the theme-slash-term active citizenship surfaces occasionally in the literature, there is very little evidence on its practical meaning. Young people can often lose touch with friends and peers when leaving school or child services, and some have reflected that they lack opportunities to meet other disabled young people with similar experiences. Research with disabled young people shows that many see friendships as a key part of the transition to adulthood, but also something that is lacking from their lives, from many support services and from much of transition planning. Young people in Scotland have reported that they see building their interpersonal skills and relationships as a central part of gaining independence through their transition to adulthood. This is especially an issue and priority for people later in their transition, aged 21 to 25, for whom feelings of isolation may compound other feelings of demoralisation with respect to employment. Best practice, it has been suggested by various stakeholders that transition planning should include personal development and a focus on friendships and relationships. Holistic planning and support are seen to go beyond outcomes-based metrics relating to education and employment, quote, but also psychosocial development, including ability to consolidate identity, achieve independence and establish adult relationships, end quote. However, despite long-standing calls to improve efforts to tackle social isolation, a number of researchers have suggested that limited attention has been given to personal relationships in research, practice and monitoring. Stakeholders have similarly reported that young people in Scotland routinely lack support and planning with regards to this issue. There is further evidence that this is especially true of sexual relationships, despite transitions typically occurring in tandem with sexual maturity. Without greater attention to personal and sexual relationships, it is difficult to identify best practice and there is very limited evidence on this issue. Track 17 Conclusions This literature review has advanced a comprehensive and detailed summary and synthesis of the prevailing evidence on disabled young people's transition to adulthood. The section summarises and reflects on the key findings, while the following gap analysis outlines areas for further research. We find a broad consensus within the literature in support of certain guiding principles, 
largely revolving around holistic, personalised and concerted planning, developed in collaboration with young people and their families, and underpinned by high-quality, well-resourced and well-staffed services delivered in partnership. The counterpoint to this consistency, however, is a high degree of duplication within the literature. A full gap analysis is outlined below, though we briefly point here to key knowledge gaps. Broadly speaking, there is a very consistent commitment to these guiding principles, with less granular detail on their practical realisation. This may be a result of insufficient research, the non-standardised nature of much service delivery, and or the multiplicity of possible outcomes and variables. There is a broad sense that existing monitoring and evaluation processes are inadequate for the purposes of identifying best practice. We and other authors also note that many of the established examples and lists of best practice have been developed on the basis of stakeholders' input and validation and consensus among researchers and practitioners within the field rather than more rigorous evaluation. There is, however, variation within this. Institutional transitions appear to have enjoyed greater attention within the literature, and much of this is arguably of a higher standard. There appears to have been more progress within the field of healthcare to identify effective practice with regards to transitions. With regards to life course transitions, education and employment appear to have attracted significant attention, with well-documented experiences and shortcomings across the literature. However, there are a number of gaps within the evidence base on best practice in these fields. Much less still has been written about independent living, personal relationships and active citizenship. It is unclear if these are missing from practice as well as research, though there is some evidence that this may be the case. Nevertheless, this literature review advances a cogent, accessible, yet detailed synthesis of the research to date on disabled young people's experiences and needs during the transition to adulthood. It is hoped that this document will provide an invaluable steer for practitioners and policymakers alike in devising and delivering effective supports. Track 18, Gap Analysis. This section reflects on areas of consensus within the literature, as well as highlighting areas where less is known or established and flagging areas for future research. Summary. We understand what the common transition experiences of children and families are, namely disorientation, inadequate planning and limited wraparound support. We know what characterises a good transition in principle, but robust and granular evidence about what works in practice, including in specific institutional contexts, is more limited. While there is a wealth of high-quality evidence relating to transitions within healthcare, much less is known about transitions into further and higher education and employment, and about personal issues, including self-management, independent living, and personal relationships. Findings 
This literature review has advanced a comprehensive and detailed summary and synthesis of the current evidence on disabled young people's transitions to adulthood. We found a broad consensus within the literature in support of certain guiding principles, largely revolving around holistic, personalised and concerted planning, developed in collaboration with young people and their families, and underpinned by high-quality, well-resourced and well-staffed services delivered in partnership. The counterpoint to this consistency, however, is a high degree of duplication within the literature. There is a consistent commitment to these guiding principles, with less granular detail on their practical realisation. This may be a result of insufficient research, the non-standardised nature of service delivery, and or the multiplicity of possible outcomes and variables. Our analysis has identified a number of gaps in the current knowledge base relating to both specific transitions and specific subgroups. These include particular institutional settings, e.g. social care, education, employment and housing, particular life course issues, e.g. independent living, relationships, social and sexual, and citizenship, Particular conditions, e.g. autism slash Asperger's, sensory impairments, profound slash severe slash complex mental health. Protected characteristics, e.g. gender, race. A further limitation is a lack of intersectional evidence in relation to the above, e.g. the social and relational aspects of employment or the effect of differential demographic characteristics. There is some evidence that young people with learning and developmental disabilities can face special difficulties in a range of transitions, including employment and independent living, but there is limited evidence beyond this. Methodological considerations we have also identified a number of further limitations within the literature regarding the types of evidence available, namely a lack of robust qualitative evidence, a lack of longitudinal evidence, which is particularly important when thinking about outcomes. There is also a broad sense that existing monitoring and evaluation processes are often inadequate for the purposes of identifying best practice. We and other authors note that many of the established principles and lists of best practice have been developed on the basis of stakeholders' input and validation and consensus among researchers and practitioners within the field rather than more rigorous evaluation, e.g. clinical RCTs. Broader Reflections A further and broader conceptual issue is the relationship between a good transition to adult services and a good transition to adulthood. There is an evidence base beyond the scope of this study about what makes a good life for disabled people, though this varies across conditions, demographic characteristics and other contexts. But this agenda should be underpinned by the fundamental question of what the relationship is between a good transition and a good life, and the contribution one can make to the other. 
While this is not a sole focus of the materials that we have produced, it would be anticipated that the primary materials developed would feed into this broader question. Future research A considerable amount of research has already focused on general principles underlying effective transitions overall. Given the high degree of duplication in this vein, we would suggest a more targeted and in-depth approach focusing on specific transitions with the aim of identifying effective practices slash processes in greater practical detail. When transitions relate to particular institutions or fields, e.g. within healthcare, education or employment, we would propose a targeted approach to research characterised by in-depth discussion of disabled young people's experiences and needs and the identification of effective interventions within this particular field slash setting. Greater clarity and understanding could be sought on young disabled people's experiences and needs with regards to social care, education and employment. The exploration of more personal issues within transitions would likely benefit from a more free-form approach. This line of inquiry would be underpinned by the issue of what constitutes a good life as well as a good transition for disabled young people with the flexibility necessary to explore issues of independence and independent living, relationships and active citizenship. Given the imprecise nature of some of these terms, we would propose asking respondents how they characterise and define such issues before exploring these topics in greater depth. Track 19. References Ambrosen A. et al. 2013. Assessment of Youth-Friendly Healthcare. A Systematic Review of Indicators Drawn from Young People's Perspectives. Journal of Adolescent Health, 52 bracket 6, pp. 670-681. ARC Scotland, 2017 b. Principles of Good Transitions 3. The original document contains a hyperlink. HTTPS colon forward slash forward slash arcscotland.org.uk forward slash WP hyphen content forward slash uploads forward slash principles hyphen of hyphen good hyphen transitions hyphen three dot PDF. ARC Scotland 2017, Facing the Future Together. The original document contains a hyperlink. https colon forward slash forward slash arcscotland.org.uk forward slash resources forward slash publications forward slash facing hyphen the hyphen future hyphen together forward slash ARC Scotland 2018, Leading the Change, Recommendations and Actions from a National Seminar on Improving Transitions for Young. 
The original document contains a hyperlink. HTTPS colon forward slash forward slash scottishtransitions.org.uk forward slash blank forward slash WP hyphen content forward slash uploads forward slash 2019 forward slash 09 forward slash solving hyphen the hyphen transitions hyphen puzzle hyphen seminar hyphen report hyphen dec hyphen 2018.pdf as nova d bailey s and mccann c 2013 managing the risks of public spending cuts in scotland sl joseph roundtree foundation Bayer R. et al. 2011, Students with Intellectual Disabilities, Predictors of Transition Outcomes, Career Development for Exceptional Individuals, Volume 34, pp. 132-141. Baines J. 2009, Promoting Better Care, Transition from Child to Adult Services, Nursing Standard, 23 brackets 19, pp 35 to 40. Bambara L, Wilson B and Mackenzie M, 2007, Transition and Quality of Life, in S. Odom R, Horner M, Snell and J, Blacher, EDS, Handbook of Developmental Disabilities, New York, Guilford, pp 371 to 289. Baxter K, Glendining C and Clark S, 2008, Making Informed Choices in Social Care, The Importance of Accessible Information, Health and Social Care in the Community, 16 brackets 2, pp 197-207. to Bursford B, 2004, On the Road to Nowhere, Young Disabled People and Transition, Child, Care, Health and Development, Volume 30, pp 581-587. to Bindles de Hughes K. et al. 2013, Transferring Young People with Profound Intellectual and Multiple Disabilities from Pediatric to Adult Medical Care, Parents' Experiences and Recommendations. Intellectual and Developmental Disabilities, Volume 51, pp 176-189. to Boehm T, Carter E and Taylor J, 2015, Family Quality of Life During the Transition to Adulthood for Individuals with Intellectual Disability and or Autism Spectrum Disorders, American Journal on Intellectual and Developmental Disabilities, Volume 120, pp 395-411. to Bogar E. et al. 2015, Self-Management and Self-Management Support Outcomes, A Systematic Review and Mixed Research Synthesis of Stakeholder Views, PLOS 1, 10 brackets 7. Butterworth S. et al. 2016, Transitioning Care Leavers with Mental Health Needs, They Set You Up to Fail. 
Child and Adolescent Mental Health, 22 brackets 3, pp 138 to 147. Cabinet Office 2005, Improving the Life Chances for Disabled People, London, Prime Minister's Strategy Unit. Cameron A, Lart R, Bostock L and Coomber C, 2014, Factors that Promote and Hinder Joint and Integrated Working Between Health and Social Care Services, a Review of Research Literature, Health and Social Care in the Community, 22 brackets 3, pp 225 to 233. Campbell F. et al. 2016, Transition of Care for Adolescents from Paediatric Services to Adult Health Services, Cochrane Database Systematic Reviews. Can Child N.D., The Transition to Adulthood for Youth with Physical Disabilities, a Qualitative Exploration. The original document contains a hyperlink https colon forward slash forward slash www.canchild.ca forward slash en forward slash resources forward slash seven seven hyphen the hyphen transition hyphen two hyphen adulthood hyphen four hyphen youth hyphen with hyphen physical hyphen disabilities hyphen a hyphen qualitative hyphen exploration carers uk 2019 state of caring a snapshot of unpaid care in the uk the original document contains a hyperlink https colon forward slash forward slash www.carersuk.org forward slash images forward slash news underscore campaigns forward slash cuk underscore state underscore of underscore caring underscore two zero one nine underscore report dot pdf Carter E, Austin D and Trainer A, 2012, Predictors of Post-School Employment Outcomes for Young Adults with Severe Disabilities, Journal of Disability Policy Studies, Volume 23, pp 50-63. Carter E, Brock M and Trainer A, 2014, Transition Assessment and Planning for Youth with Severe Intellectual and Developmental Disabilities, Journal of Special Education, Volume 47, pp 245-255. Celsus, Children in Scotland, Care Inspectorate, 2018, Integrating Health and Social Care in Scotland, The Impact on Children's Services, A Review of the Literature, Report 1. The original document contains a hyperlink, https colon forward slash forward slash childreninscotland.org.uk forward slash wp hyphen content forward slash uploads forward slash 2018 forward slash 06 forward slash integrating hyphen health hyphen and hyphen social hyphen care hyphen in hyphen scotland hyphen the 
hyphen impact hyphen on hyphen c h i l d r e dot 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 pdf Chamberlain M and Kent R 2005 The Needs of Young People with Disabilities in Transition from Pediatric to Adult Services Europa Medicophysica 41 brackets 2 pp 111 to 123 Chaudhary S, Keaton M and Nasser S, 2013, Evaluation of a Cystic Fibrosis Transition Programme from Pediatric to Adult Care, Pediatric Pulmonology, Volume 48, pp 658 to 665. Cheseldine S, 2010, Issues of Transition for Young People with Learning Disabilities Plus Other Complex Needs, Edinburgh, Joint Improvement Team. Culver A. et al., 2018 B, How Well Do Services for Young People with Long-Term Conditions Deliver Features Proposed to Improve Transition, BMC Health Services Research, 18 brackets 1, pp 1-10. to Culver A. et al., 2018, How Well Do Services for Young People with Long-Term Conditions Deliver Features Proposed to Improve Transition, BMC Health Services Research, 18 brackets 1, pp 1 to 10. Culver A. et al., 2019, Facilitating the Transition of Young People with Long-Term Conditions Through Health Services from Childhood to Adulthood, the Transition Research Programme, Programme Grants for Applied Research, 7 brackets 4. Cook A. and Miller E., 2012, Talking Points Personal Outcomes Approach, Practical Guide, Edinburgh, Joint Improvement Team. Cooper M., Evans Y. and Phibis J., 2016, Interagency Collaboration in Children and Young People's Mental Health, A Systematic Review of Outcomes, Facilitating Factors and Inhibiting Factors, Child, Care, Health and Development, 42 brackets 3, pp 325 to 342. Cross-Party Group on Autism 2020, The Accountability Gap, a review of. The original document contains a hyperlink. https colon forward slash forward slash s3 dot chorus hyphen mk dot thirdlight dot com forward slash. De Silva P. and Fishman L. 2014, Transition of the Patient with IBD from Pediatric to Adult Care, an Assessment of Current Evidence, Inflammatory Bowel Diseases, 20 brackets 8, pp 1458 to 1464. Derezi B. et al. 2016, a scoping review of evaluated interventions addressing developmental transitions for youth with mental health disorders, child, care, health and development, 42 brackets 2, pp 176 to 187. Divergent Influencers, 2021, Hear Our Voices, Respect Our Choices. The original document contains a hyperlink. https colon forward slash forward slash 
scottishtransitions.org.uk forward slash blank forward slash wp hyphen content forward slash uploads forward slash 2021 forward slash 11 forward slash divergent hyphen influencers hyphen report hyphen 2021 hyphen final hyphen reduced hyphen size hyphen one dot pdf Doug M. et al. 2011, Transition to Adult Services for Children and Young People with Palliative Care Needs, A Systematic Review, Archdiss Child, 96 brackets 1, pp 78-84. Education Scotland N.D., What Are Additional Support Needs? Accessed 23rd June 2022. The original document contains a hyperlink https colon forward slash forward slash education.gov.scot forward slash parent zone forward slash additional hyphen support forward slash what hyphen r hyphen additional hyphen support hyphen needs forward slash European Network on Independent Living ND European Network on Independent Living Definitions The original document contains a hyperlink https colon forward slash forward slash enil dot eu forward slash independent hyphen living forward slash definitions forward slash Fegran L. et al. 2014, Adolescence and Young Adults' Transition Experiences When Transferring from Pediatric to Adult Care, a Qualitative Metasynthesis, International Journey of Nursing Studies, Volume 51, pp. 123-135. to Fisher M. and Eltnitsky C. 2012, Health and Social Services Integration, a review of concepts and models, Social Work and Public Health, 27 brackets 5, pp 441 to 468. Flexer R. and Bayer R. 2008, Transition Planning and Promising Practices, in R. Flexer R, Bayer P, Luft and T. Simmons, EDS, Transition Planning for Secondary Students with Disabilities, Upper Saddle River, Pearson Education, PP 3-28. Francis T, 2006, Life on the Edge of the Cliff, Post-School Experiences of Young People with Asperger's Syndrome, ADHD and Tourette's Syndrome. The original document contains a hyperlink http colon forward slash forward slash life on the edge of the cliff dot com forward slash wp hyphen content forward slash uploads forward slash two zero one six forward slash zero seven forward slash final hyphen report hyphen summary hyphen and hyphen key hyphen points dot pdf Fraser of Allender Institute 2021 Improving Transitions to Adulthood Podcast Episode 39 The original document contains a hyperlink 
https colon forward slash forward slash strathprince.strath.ac.uk forward slash 77570 forward slash Fraser of Allender Institute 2021 Invisible No More Recommendations to Build Evidence-Based Effective The original document contains a hyperlink https colon forward slash forward slash fraserofallender.org forward slash wp hyphen content forward slash uploads forward slash 2021 forward slash 10 forward slash invisible hyphen no hyphen more dot pdf Frost N. 2017, Multidisciplinary Work with Children and Young People, Process and Outcomes, in The Routledge Handbook of Global Child Welfare, S.L. Taylor and Francis, pp. 326-344. Gorter J. et al. 2014, Pathways Toward Positive Psychosocial Outcomes and Mental Health for Youth with Disabilities, a Knowledge Synthesis of Developmental Trajectories, Canadian Journal of Community Mental Health, Volume 33, pp 45-61. Grady P. and Goff L. 2014, Self-Management, a Comprehensive Approach to Management of Chronic Conditions, American Journal of Public Health, 104 brackets 8, pp 25-31. Green G. 2009, Best Practices in Transition, in C. Koshar Bryant and G. Green, EDS, Pathways to Successful Transition for Youth with Disabilities, A Developmental Process, Upper Saddle River, Pearson Education, pp. 196-235. Health and Social Care Alliance Scotland, 2017, Experiences of Transitions to Adult Years and Adult Services. The original document contains a hyperlink. https colon forward slash forward slash www.alliance-scotland.org.uk forward slash wp hyphen content forward slash uploads forward slash 2017 forward slash 11 forward slash alliance hyphen g-i-r-f-e-c hyphen experiences hyphen of hyphen transitions hyphen to hyphen adult hyphen years hyphen and hyphen adult hyphen services hyphen two zero one seven hyphen one dot pdf helgson v et al 2013 characterizing the transition from paediatric to adult care among emerging adults with type 1 diabetes Diabetic Medicine, Volume 30, pp 610-615 Henninger N. and Taylor J. 2014 Family Perspectives on a Successful Transition to Adulthood for Individuals with Disabilities 
intellect dev disabil 52 brackets to pp 98 to 111. Heslop P, Mallet R, Simons K and Ward L. 2002, Bridging the Divide at Transition, What Happens for Young People with Learning Difficulties and Their Families, SL, British Institute of Learning Disabilities. Jacobs P, McMahon K and Quayle E. 2020, Who Decides, Transitions from School to Adult Services for and with Young People with Severe Intellectual Disabilities. Disability and Society, 35 bracket 7, pp 1058 to 1084. Jacket S, 2015, Evaluation of the Scottish Transitions Forum, Glasgow Strathclyde University. Jindal Snape D et al, 2019, Multiple and Multidimensional Life Transitions in the Context of Life-Limiting Health Conditions, Longitudinal study focusing on perspectives of young adults, families and professionals. BMC Palliative Care 18 brackets 1 PP 1 to 12. Kennedy A and Sawyer S 2008 Transition from Pediatric to Adult Services Are We Getting It Right? Current Opinion in Pediatrics 20 brackets 4 PP 403 to 409. Co. B. and McHenry G. 2004, The Needs of Physically Disabled Young People During Transition to Adult Services, Child, Care, Health and Development, 30 brackets 4, pp 317 to 323. Leonard H. Foley K. and Pecora T. 2016. Transition to Adulthood for Young People with Intellectual Disability, the Experiences of Their Families. European Child and Adolescent Psychiatry, pp. 1369 to 1381. Lewis S. and Noise J. 2013, Effective Process or Dangerous Precipice, Qualitative Comparative Embedded Case Study with Young People with Epilepsy and Their Parents During Transition from Children's to Adult Services, BMC Pediatrics, 13 brackets 1, P169. Lindsay S, Kings North S, McDougall C and Keating H, 2014, A Systematic Review of Self-Management Interventions for Children and Youth with Physical Disabilities, Disability and Rehabilitation, 36 brackets 4, pp 276 to 288. Lugasi T, Achille M and Stevenson M, 2011, Patient's Perspective on Factors that Facilitate Transition from Child-Centred to Adult-Centred Healthcare, a Theory Integrated Metasummary of Quantitative and Qualitative Studies, Journal of Adolescent Health, 48 brackets 5, pp 429 to 440. Maslow G. et al. 2011, Growing Up with a Chronic Illness, Social Success, Educational-Vocational Distress, Journal of Adolescent Health, Volume 49, pp 206-212. 
Mason A, Goddard M, Weatherly H and Chalkley M, 2015, Integrating Funds for Health and Social Care, An Evidence Review, Journal of Health Services Research and Policy, 20 brackets 3, pp 177 to 188. McBride E. and McDicken A. 2012, Facilitating the Transition from Child to Adult Services for Young People with Profound and Multiple Learning Disabilities. The original document contains a hyperlink. https colon forward slash forward slash pamis.org.uk forward slash site forward slash uploads forward slash pamis hyphen resources hyphen moving hyphen on dot pdf McConaughey H, Hool S and Lukatur A, 2011, Improving Mental Health Transitions for Young People with Autism Spectrum Disorder, Child, Care, Health and Development, Volume 37, pp 764-766, to Miscelli M, 2008, The Associations Among Youth Characteristics, Secondary School Experiences and Enrolment in Two- and Four-Year Colleges Among Youth with Disabilities, Baltimore, University of Maryland. Mitchell F, 2012, Self-Directed Support and Disabled Young People in Transition, Journal of Integrated Care, 20 brackets 4, pp 223-230. Nathanson R. and Zablotsky B, 2017, The Transition to the Adult Healthcare System Among Youths with Autism Spectrum Disorder, Psychiatric Services, 68 bracket 7, pp 735-738. National Institute for Health and Care Excellence, NICE, 2016. Transition from children's to adult services for young people using health or social care service. The original document contains a hyperlink. HTTP colon forward slash forward slash www.nice.org.uk forward slash guidance forward slash NG43 NDTI 2011 Pathways to Getting a Life Transition Planning for Full Lives The original document contains a hyperlink https colon forward slash forward slash www.preparingforadulthood.org.uk forward slash site assets forward slash downloads forward slash wgbx 3ibo 6363 8307 1098 NICE 2016 Transition from Children's to Adult Services for Young People Using Health or Social Care Services. The original document contains a hyperlink. HTTPS colon forward slash forward slash www.nice.org.uk 
forward slash guidance forward slash NG43 forward slash resources forward slash transition hyphen from hyphen children's hyphen to hyphen adults hyphen services hyphen for hyphen young hyphen people hyphen using hyphen health hyphen or hyphen social hyphen care hyphen services hyphen pdf hyphen one eight three seven four five one one four nine seven six five Pepe C and Bambara L 2014 Best Practices in Transition to Adult Life for Youth with Intellectual Disabilities Career Development and Transition for Exceptional Individuals Volume 3 PP 136 to 148 Paul M et al 2013 Transfers and Transitions between Child and Adult Mental Health Services BRJ Psychiatry SUPPL Volume 53 PP 36 to 40 Paul M et al 2013 Transfers and Transitions between Child and Adult Mental Health Services The British Journal of Psychiatry Volume 202 PP 36 to 40 Price C et al. 2011, Implementing a Transition Pathway in Diabetes, a qualitative study of the experiences and suggestions of young people with diabetes. Child, Care, Health and Development, Volume 37, pp. 852-860. Robertson H. 2011, Integration of Health and Social Care, a Review of Literature and Models, Implications for Scotland, Edinburgh, Royal College of Nursing in Scotland. SCCYP 2013 It Always Comes Down to Money Recent Changes in Service Provision to Disabled Children, Young People and Their Families in Scotland SL Strathclyde University SCIE 2013 Promoting the Quality of Life of Looked After Children and Young People The original document contains a hyperlink https colon forward slash forward slash www.scie hyphen social forward slash promoting hyphen the hyphen quality hyphen of hyphen life hyphen of hyphen looked hyphen after hyphen children hyphen and hyphen young hyphen people forward slash r forward slash a one one g zero 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 one seven q x n i a q SCIE 2017 Building Independence Through Planning for Transition A Quick Guide for Practitioners Supporting Young People The original document contains a hyperlink https colon forward slash forward slash 
www.scie.org.uk forward slash children forward slash transition forward slash planning. SCIE 2019 Preparing for Adulthood The Role of Social Workers. The original document contains a hyperlink https colon forward slash forward slash www.scie.org.uk forward slash children forward slash transition forward slash social hyphen workers hyphen role hyphen supporting hyphen learning hyphen disabilities SCLD 2017 Improving Outcomes for People with Learning Disabilities Opportunities and Challenges for Housing The original document contains a hyperlink https colon forward slash forward slash www.scld.org.uk forward slash wp hyphen content forward slash uploads forward slash 2017 forward slash 10 forward slash improving hyphen outcomes hyphen key hyphen findings dot pdf Scottish Government 2013 The Keys to Life Improving Quality of Life for People with Learning Disabilities the original document contains a hyperlink https colon forward slash forward slash www.gov.scot forward slash publications forward slash keys hyphen life hyphen improving hyphen quality hyphen life hyphen people hyphen learning hyphen disabilities forward slash Scottish Government 2014 2013 Implementation of the Education Additional Support for Learning Scotland Act 2004 Report to Parliament Accessed April The original document contains a hyperlink https colon forward slash forward slash www.gov.scot forward slash publications forward slash implementation hyphen education hyphen additional hyphen support hyphen learning hyphen scotland hyphen act hyphen 2004 hyphen amended hyphen report forward slash pages forward slash one five forward slash Scottish Government 2017 Young People's Experience of Education and Training from 15 to 24 Years A Report to the Scottish Government The original document contains a hyperlink https colon forward slash forward slash www.gov.scot forward slash binaries forward slash content forward slash documents forward slash gov scot forward slash publications forward slash research hyphen and hyphen analysis forward slash 2017 forward slash 09 forward slash young 
hyphen peoples hyphen experience hyphen education hyphen training hyphen one five hyphen two four hyphen years forward slash documents forward slash zero zero five two five one five six hyphen pdf forward slash Scottish Government 2018, Coming Home, a report on out-of-area placements and delayed discharge for people with learning disabilities and complex needs. The original document contains a hyperlink, https colon forward slash forward slash www.gov.scot forward slash binaries forward slash content forward slash documents forward slash govscot forward slash publications forward slash research hyphen and hyphen analysis forward slash 2018 forward slash 11 forward slash coming hyphen home hyphen complex hyphen care hyphen needs hyphen out hyphen area hyphen placements hyphen report hyphen 2018 forward slash documents forward slash 0054-3272 hyphen pdf forward slash Scottish Parliament 2020 Summary of Consultation Responses Proposed Disabled Children and Young People Transitions Scotland Bill The original document contains a hyperlink https colon forward slash forward slash archive 2021.parliament.scot forward slash s5 members bills forward slash j-o-h-a-n-n underscore l-a-m-o-n-t underscore m-s-p underscore proposed underscore members underscore bill underscore one six underscore june underscore two zero two zero underscore final underscore version dot pdf Sebastian S. et al. 2012. The requirements and barriers to successful transition of adolescents with inflammatory bowel disease, differing perceptions from a survey of adult and paediatric gastroenterologists, Journal of Crohn's and Colitis, Volume 6, pp. 830 to 844. Soans C. and Timmins S. 2004, Improving Transition, a qualitative study examining the attitudes of young people with chronic illness, transferring to adult care, Journal of Child Health Care, 8 brackets 2, pp 102-112. Social Work Scotland, 2018, Integrating Health and Social Care in Scotland, the Impact on Children's Services. The original document contains a hyperlink https colon forward slash forward slash socialworkscotland.org forward slash wp hyphen content forward slash uploads forward slash 2018 forward slash 06 forward slash 
Literature Review Integrated Children's Services in Scotland. PDF SPICE 2019 Transitions of Young People with Service and Care Needs Between Child and Adult Services in Scotland. SPICE Briefing The original document contains a hyperlink. HTTPS colon forward slash forward slash SP hyphen BPR hyphen EN hyphen PROD hyphen CDNEP dot AZURE edge dot net forward slash published forward slash two zero one nine forward slash three forward slash two nine forward slash transitions hyphen of hyphen young hyphen people hyphen with hyphen service hyphen and hyphen care hyphen needs hyphen between hyphen child hyphen and hyphen adult hyphen services hyphen in hyphen scotland forward slash sb2019 hyphen 15.pdf Stoker K et al. 2013. It always comes down to money. Recent changes in service provision to disabled children, young people and their families in Scotland. Edinburgh, Scotland's Commissioner for Children. Stoker K and Moscardini L. 2012. A critical review and analysis of current research and policy relating to disabled children and young people in Scotland. A report to Scotland's Commissioner for Children and Young People. The original document contains a hyperlink. https colon forward slash forward slash pure.strath.ac.uk forward slash ws forward slash portal files forward slash portal forward slash 8086-1367 forward slash stoker underscore moscardini underscore 2012 underscore critical underscore review underscore and underscore analysis underscore of underscore current underscore research underscore and underscore policy dot pdf Stephen J, Lerpinier J, Young E and Welch V, 2015, Integrating Health and Social Care in Scotland, Potential Impact on Children's Services, Report 2, Study Findings, SL, Celsius and Children in Scotland. Stuart D. 2009, Transition to Adult Services for Young People with Disabilities, Current Evidence to Guide Future Research, Developmental Medicine and Child Neurology, 51 brackets 4, pp 169-173. Stuart D. et al. 2010, The Transition to Adulthood for Youth with Disabilities, Evidence from the Literature, in J. Stone and M. Bluen, eds, International Encyclopedia of Rehabilitation, SL, Centre for International Rehabilitation, Research Information and Exchange. 
Stuart D. et al. 2006, a critical appraisal of literature reviews about the transition to adulthood for youth with disabilities, physical and occupational therapy in paediatrics, volume 26, pp 5-24. Talking Mats 2015, Will Anyone Listen to Us? What Matters to Young People with Complex and Exceptional Health Needs and Their Families? The original document contains a hyperlink, https colon forward slash forward slash www.talkingmats.com forward slash wp hyphen content forward slash uploads forward slash 2015 forward slash 11 forward slash 2015 1027 hyphen cen hyphen report dot pdf Taylor N., Fawcett A. and Harpin V., 2010, Young Adults with ADHD, An Analysis of Their Service Needs on Transfer to Adult Services, Archives of Disease in Childhood, 95 brackets 7, pp 513 to 517. Test D et al. 2009, Evidence-Based Secondary Transition Predictors for Improving Post-School Outcomes for Students with Disabilities, Career Development for Exceptional Individuals, Volume 32, pp 160-181. to Van Star A and Sato J, 2014, Young Adults' Experiences and Satisfaction with the Transfer of Care, Journal of Adolescent Health, Volume 55, pp 796-803. Van Star A et al, 2011, Readiness to Transfer to Adult Care of Adolescents with Chronic Conditions, Exploration of Associated Factors, Journal of Adolescent Health, Volume 48, p. 295 to 302. Viner R. 2008, Transition of Care from Pediatric to Adult Services, One Part of Improved Health Services for Adolescent. Archives of Disease in Childhood, 93 brackets 2, pp. 160 to 163. Wayman P. 2006, Applications for Youth with Intellectual Disabilities in P. Wayman, E.D., Life Beyond the Classroom, Transition Strategies for Young People with Disabilities, Baltimore, Paul H. Brooks, pp. 411-445. Welch V. et al. 2012, do short break and respite services for families with a disabled child in England make a difference to siblings? A qualitative analysis of sibling and parent responses. Children and Youth Services Review, 34 brackets 2, pp 451 to 459. Welch v. Mayor McCormick, J. and Lerpenier, J. 2014, Integrating Health and Social Care in Scotland, Potential Impact on Children's Services, a Review of the Literature Report, 1. The original document contains a hyperlink, https colon forward slash forward slash pure.strath.ac.uk forward slash ws forward slash 
portal files forward slash portal forward slash 8342 8064 forward slash Welch underscore E-T-A-L underscore C-E-L-C-I-S underscore 2014 underscore integrating underscore health underscore and underscore social underscore care underscore in underscore Scotland dot PDF Young Minds 2020 transferring from CAMS to adult mental health services the original document contains a hyperlink https colon forward slash forward slash www.youngminds.org.uk forward slash young hyphen person forward slash blog forward slash transferring hyphen from hyphen c-a-m-h-s hyphen two hyphen adult hyphen mental hyphen health hyphen services forward slash Zhao H Roberts P Delwell S and Della P 2016 transitioning adolescent and young adults with chronic disease and or disabilities from paediatric to adult care services an integrative review Journal of Clinical Nursing, Volume 25, P. 3113 to 3130. End of recording.